money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Do you, uh, are you ready to go? Alrighty. So welcome everybody to the Texas RIA's Real Estate Investor event. Uh, I'm actually going to get started tonight. Uh, and I'm, I'm our, our, our main speaker, uh, Chanel Grove, is a little under the weather, so I'm the, uh, the substitute. Uh, so please put up with me on that. Uh, but we're going to get started by giving you, you guys a market update that is sponsored by the Texas RIA's. The Texas RIA's is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations across the great state of Texas. Over 100,000 members, if you add them all up, uh, in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and uh, San Antonio. Uh, been in business since 2003. Uh, and it's a great place to come to get tribal knowledge, get plugged in, build a power team, get training experience, uh, partner with others, and so forth. And one of the, the, the things uh, that the Texas Roos provides the community is market data. Uh, in fact, we do market data uh, and updates every single month, and I'm going to share a little bit of market data with you guys right now. So what's going on in the real estate market? Well, you know, um, everybody's like, is the market dead? Is the market alive? The market's not doing much, to be honest with you. You know, it's certainly settled uh, a lot, and I'm talking primarily residential here, uh, over the last year. For the last two years, the market was going up like a freaking, uh, you know, bottle rocket, uh, and it just kind of leveled out. Uh, and uh, people are like, are things down? Are things up? Well, you know, uh, sales are down. The number of houses being sold are down. Uh, you know, Texas-wide, they're down about 12%. Prices are down a whopping 1%. So basically, prices are flat. Now, why are sales down? Well, the biggest reason that sales are down is that nobody wants to sell. Right, because everybody that bought their home probably has a three or four or five percent mortgage, and they know that if they sell their home, they're not going to get another three or four or five percent mortgage. Right, they're going to get a six or seven percent mortgage. So the sellers don't want to sell, and to some degree, the buyers don't want to buy, because now if you buy, you have to get a six or seven uh, percent mortgage. And people are like, wow, interest rates are high. No, not really. Actually, interest rates are normal again. Okay, you know, 3 and 4 and 5%, that's not normal. That's freakishly abnormal. Yes, we went through a period of freakishly abnormal, but by this, going back 50 years, that's not normal. You know, I have buying, been buying rental properties for 20 years now. Most of my rental properties, and a lot of the loans I still have to this day, most of those loans are six and a half, seven and a half percent loans, because that's what you got when you bought rental properties back in 2002, three, four, five. And that was just normal. And for years, that was normal. Uh, and for years after that, it was normal. And then just for a little period of time, uh, things went into that abnormal and they're back to normal. But by any standard of what recent history people expect, they're high, right? And everything's relative. And because of that, you know, the number of sales has dropped significantly, although uh, the prices haven't really changed much. 
Uh, in San Antonio, they're down a whopping 1%, right? In Austin, they're down 10%. Now, Austin is a little bit of an anomaly in that Austin had a much bigger run up than any of the other cities, and then it had a bigger run down. Uh, so that's the anomaly there. Dallas, 1%. Houston, 1%. Going into some more details, this breaks it out into a little bit more detail. The average sales price for a house in Texas is $429,000. Uh, it's actually up a little bit, uh, you know, compared to a year ago. Although the median price, uh, which is where the highest number of buyers and sellers is actually down a little bit. Days on market has gone up a little bit. Takes on average $47 uh, days. Uh, for a house that has sold, uh, it's on average it's taken 47 days. Uh, months of inventory. Now, months of inventory, I think, is really, to me, the most important number on this whole chart. What is months of inventory? Months of inventory tells you how long it takes to sell a house on average. That's what it tells. Days on market tells you how long it takes to sell a lucky house. Uh, months of inventory tells you how long it takes to sell an average house. To me, that's much more important because I can't bet on being lucky, but I can bet on being average. So in other words, if, if no new houses were put on the market, right? We just stopped putting anything for sale and we just sold what we got for sale, it would take 3.3 months to liquidate everything. That's what that means. And that means on average, it takes 3.3 months to sell a house. Some a little more, some a little less. Average is 3.3. Now, the rule is this. If there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you have a buyer's market. If you have right around five and a half, six months of inventory, you have a neutral market. As you can see, we still have a pretty darn strong seller's market. So for anybody who says the market sucks, well, you know, this by historical standards is a market that sellers dream about. Um, pending sales uh, is actually uh, down a little bit versus a year ago. Uh, active listings is up a little bit, and that's what happens when you have more property for sale. Your months of inventory goes up a little bit. This is just some historic data from 21 to 22 to 23. You can see in 21, uh, you know, prices went way up. They went up 18%. In 22, they went up another 10%. Uh, and then in 23, uh, they leveled out, right? Now they're down 1% compared to a year ago. So that's the big Texas picture. Now, if you want to get into the individual cities, San Antonio is the most affordable city in the great state of Texas for a major city. Uh, average price is just 387 uh, and it's flat. Uh, median price down a little bit, uh, 2%. Days on market's gone up a little bit. Months of inventory, interestingly enough, is a little higher than it is uh, statewide. Um, Total pending sales is down, uh, not surprising, not as many houses being sold, and active listings is obviously uh, up uh, a fair amount, and that's just because not as many people uh, are buying because of the higher interest uh, rates. Um, if you look at Dallas, Dallas is more of a bellwether for the state, average price 516, yeah, that's not a typo, up 1%, uh, you know, median uh, down 1%, days on market, up a little bit. Uh, inventory still pretty low, just 2.6 months of inventory uh, in Dallas and total active uh, listings 
Uh, it's actually up a little bit, but not very, very much at all. Uh, Austin. Now, this is not a typo. Average price in Austin, $593,000. Isn't that crazy? It is down 8%, but $593,000, $600,000 for an average house in Austin, Texas. We actually did some research on this. We discovered Austin is actually Latin for San Francisco uh, because Austin is now the San Francisco of Texas, interestingly enough, from a high-tech and everything else perspective. Now, the media price is a bit more affordable. Uh, days on market, 59. Uh, months of inventory, 3.7. Um, you know, yes, la last year, 2.7. So, you know, Austin had the biggest run-up uh, in prices. You know, look at this. 21, prices were up 29%, right? Almost in one year, we got a 30% appreciation. Next year, we got another 10%, and now it's down 10%. So if you look at it, uh, went up the most, and it adjusted the most, um, but you're still doing just fine uh, if you own in Austin and have been holding it. Uh, Houston, uh, you know, 429 average, up a tiny little bit, median down a tiny little bit, days on market is about the same as the state, active listings is up a little bit, uh, boom. So that's a little bit about what's going on uh, in the great state of Texas. Uh, so what's going to happen next? Uh, who knows? Uh, well, we have some pretty good ideas. Uh, we don't actually, in the residential space, expect a whole lot of anything to happen. Because interest rates, let's talk about interest rates. When interest rates go up, what, is it, what does that do to home prices? Make them go up or down? Go down? It actually does this. Right? It pushes them up and it pushes them down at the same time. Right? I mean, when interest rates go up, building slows down, we're not building enough supply. Real estate doesn't really care much, by the way, about interest rates or really about the economy. Real estate cares about one thing, supply and demand. It's all about supply and demand. And when it comes to predicting real estate, it's actually much easier than the stock market or much easier than the economy. I have no idea what the stock market is going to do. I have no idea what the economy is going to do. But I do have a pretty good idea of how many people are having babies and how many people are moving to Texas. And you can look at the data and how many houses we're building. And if we're not building enough houses for all the people that need a place to live, then the prices go up. And if we're building too many houses for all the people that uh, are, are going to need a house to live in, the prices go down. And it's really pretty obvious when you look at that. It's not the economy. People think it's the economy. During the Great Depression, the Great Depression, real estate prices went down a whopping 6%. Nothing. During the Great Pandemic, another one in a hundred year event, real estate prices went up 30%, right? So does the economy affect real estate? No, supply and demand affects real estate. In 2008, we had a big problem. Right? Money was free up until 2008. Anybody that could fog a mirror held under their nose could get a loan. So it was free and loose and easy to get. And we built a bazillion houses. And the way we filled all those houses is we gave everybody that could fog a mirror held under their nose a loan. Right? And then in 2008, lending stopped. It didn't slow down. It stopped. It just hit a wall because all of the banks went bankrupt. Because as it turns out, giving people that don't have jobs, credit, and income alone is not actually a really smart thing to do. 
and those people were not able to repay their loans, and all of the banks went bankrupt. Do you know that in 2008, the government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy? Did you know that? That whole mark-to-market thing? That was changing the definition of bankruptcy. They didn't call it bankrupt, but they were bankrupt by any reasonable definition. <laughs> their, their, their assets were much less than their liabilities. That's bankrupt. right? And, and they got bailed out. Eventually, they got back into lending. And ever since, it's hard to get a loan. Right now, what do you have to do to get a loan? Turn over your firstborn, fill in a 1,900-page application, submit blood blood samples. Right, I mean, a lot. And and because of that, building has been constrained pretty much ever since. So yeah, we're building more houses, but not nearly as many as we could have had the money been easier. But that being said, people keep having babies, and they keep moving to Texas. Uh, so we have growing demand and somewhat constrained supply. Um, yes, prices are going to stay depressed for a while. They're probably not going to go up, and then maybe they'll even go down a little bit. But there's nothing major, like in 2008, when the buyers just stopped buying because you couldn't get a loan, right? So the buyers, the demand disappeared like that, and the supply was still there, right? Now we have growing demand. We have a little more supply, Right, and we have forces going like this on what to do next. And what has that done? It's shrinked the number of houses that are actually selling. It's increased the inventory and depressed the prices about one percent. And we don't see any big thing in the near horizon that's going to change that trajectory. Now, every single market might have its own unique facets, and you need to look at real estate as a local thing because real estate is very, very local. But that's kind of our market update for real estate. So with that, I'm actually going to switch gears here for a moment and uh, get into another presentation. So let me uh, switch gears here. And in our next presentation, uh, what I'm going to get into is strategies and what's working now in today's Texas real estate market. Uh, By the way, we are simulcasting, so if you are watching us online on GoToWebinar, you are live, so you should keep watching. Uh, If you're on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, or our podcast, you may or may not be live, Uh, but if you would like to come to a future live meeting, you can just go to texasreas.com forward slash live and register, and we'd love to have you here. Like I mentioned earlier, Texas Reas is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations in the great state of Texas. So why do you care and why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is because real estate is local. Laws are local. Contracts are local. Contractors are local. Buyers and sellers, local. Uh, Laws, rules, local. There's 30,000 books and YouTube videos out there that teach people how to invest in real estate. And And they talk about how to do it anywhere. Right? How to do it at 30,000 feet. Well, real estate is not actually bought at 30,000 feet. Real estate is actually bought and sold at zero feet. So if you want to know what laws apply here and which contracts to use here, which neighbors to invest in here, where to find buyers and sellers here, where do you get all that? You get that at your local real estate investor association. And my job is to make you all into educated and contributing members of this community. So let's get to work. So why am I here? Well, I do appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Your time is valuable, and I'm going to repay you for your valuable time by sharing some very valuable training and information with you. Tell you a little bit about my own story. In 2003, uh, I got started. I was working a nine-to-five job that by then I hated, 
Uh, and I went from that to becoming a real estate investor, eventually making over a million dollars a year investing in real estate. I've been doing that for now uh, almost 20 years. I'm in my 20th anniversary. Uh, and uh, over the next, oh, maybe up to 90 minutes, I'll tell you a little bit about what I learned and what I did right. I'm also going to tell you about what I did wrong. Because the best way to learn is not from your mistakes. It's from what? Other people's mistakes. Experience is the toughest teacher there is. You get the test first, and then you get the lesson after. Trust me, that's not how you want to learn how to invest in real estate. So we're going to share a little tribal knowledge and uh, encourage you to learn along and even join us. So what are we going to learn today? Well, how about nine different strategies you can use to make money in big chunks? Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, I'm not here to sound good. I'm actually here to teach you. And one of the things I want to teach you is the beauty of real estate is the scalability of real estate. What does that mean? It's a transaction-based business. Most people make money in a job. A job doesn't scale. A job is fundamentally an exchange of time for money. That's a job. The reason you can't get wealthy in a job is there's only so much time you can exchange. So many hours in a week, month, year, literally only so many hours left of you uh, that you can exchange you know, for, for money in a job. But real estate's transaction-based. And what that means is you do this and this and this, you get a check. You do this, this, and this again, and you get another check. And you can leverage other people's time, money, experience, and resource. And if you do that, then there's literally no limit to the number of transactions you can do, which means there's no limit to the amount of money that you can make. So for example, I'm going to teach you nine strategies that you can use even with little or no money and no credit. Right? And, and once you learn how to buy real estate with no money and no credit, then how much real estate can you buy? All of it. <laughs> how much would you like to buy? All of it. Yeah. How about how to turn even a small IRA into millions of dollars tax-free? I'm going to demonstrate that. I think you'll be impressed. Uh, how about how to acquire $10 million in rental properties with little or no money and no credit? My wife and I own over $30 million worth of houses here in Texas. If I wanted to buy $30 million worth of houses, traditionally, uh, you know, I'd have to put 20% down every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multi-multi-multi-millionaire just to become a millionaire. Well, I wasn't a multi-millionaire when I started investing in real estate, or wasn't even a millionaire. So how was I able to acquire $30 million worth of houses? Well, I had to learn and figure out a different way to buy houses. I had to learn how to buy houses, even with little or no money and no credit. And I'll say it again. So once you learn how to buy houses, even with little or no money and no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. All right. So, great. Then how come everybody doesn't make a million dollars a year investing in real estate? Well, there are some problems. So let's talk about some of the problems. What are some of the problems? One is fear. A lot of people are just afraid to do this. I was scared to death. I was literally sitting in these chairs 20 years ago. I'm afraid I'm going to lose money. I'm afraid I'm going to have to fill out a contract. Fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the starting blocks. Next problem is finding deals. Good deals are hard to find. Anybody that says good deals are easy to find is either a liar or a fool. The hardest thing about this business is finding deals. But I'm going to tell you where you look, and it's probably not where you think. Uh, and then finally, doing deals. What I love most about being a real estate investor is so many ways to do it. I'm going to teach you guys a whole bunch of different ways to do this, stuff you're not going to learn watching uh, HGTV or YouTube videos. Uh, so for most people, these are the problems. And honestly, most people never get past these problems. But this is something that the real estate investor associations are really good at. These are local, long-standing, deeply resourced communities of investors working together, sharing resources, and helping people get started, get past these things. So I'm going to help you guys get past all of this 
exactly the same way that RIA helped me when I was literally sitting in these same chairs literally 20 years ago. All right, disclaimer, I will take a deep breath for this. This subject matters for educational purposes only. We are not lawyers, CPAs, financial planners, etc. You should always have your contract taxes, business plans, etc. reviewed by an attorney and or financial advisor before completing any real estate transactions. Government relations also require that I disclose that the results that I discuss are not typical results. I am an action taker and have achieved remarkable results, and the investors I talk about are action takers and not your typical average people. I believe average people don't take any action and therefore get zero results. Only you can decide if you are going to be a typical average person or an above-average action taker. You know, here in Texas, we have a little saying that kind of sums this up. And the saying is, all hat and no, all hat and no, anybody here from Texas? All hat and no cattle. What does that mean? Everybody says they're going to roll up their sleeves. Everybody says they're going to take action. Everybody says they're going to go out and do it. But most people, at the end of the day, go out and do what? Nothing. Probably heard of the 80-20 rule. 20% 20 of the people make all the money in the world. I think real estate is more like the 95-5 rule. 5% of the people invest in real estate. But the people that invest in real estate, they don't just make money. They make gobs of money. Incredible amounts of money. You guys realize that 80% of the millionaires in this country got there all or in part through investing in real estate? Let me translate that for you. It's really, really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate. Right, like how many of you have owned a house over the last three years? Who's owned a house for the last three years? Nice. You're a lot richer than you were three years ago, aren't you? What if you had five? What if you had 25? What if you had 200? and you had tenants paying off the mortgages for you, then how much richer would you be? I mean, think about that. So, fear. A lot of people are afraid to do this. I get it. I can relate. In fact, I can help. In fact, we have helped in the RIAs so many people uh, transform their lives as real estate investors. We actually now sponsor a show where every single week we interview one of you, somebody in this network, whose life has been transformed from becoming real estate investors. These are typically now people that became millionaires or even multimillionaires directly from just sitting in the same chairs you guys are sitting in right now. And we actually have a host of the show here tonight. Olivia, thank you for joining us tonight. And I'll tell you a little bit about the show. The show is called Houses Flipping People. Get it? Most of the shows are about people flipping houses. Well, this is people flipping houses, but the houses are actually flipping the people because they're transforming their lives. And I'll tell you a few stories. Flavia came to us during the pandemic, had a bakery, says, help, I'm a single mom, I can't be in the bakery anymore, my bakery got shut down, I need to make money doing something else. We taught her how to flip houses, flipped 15 houses, never going back to the bakery. Uh, Jeff came to us, said, last week was a bad week for me, uh, I got fired and I got a divorce, right? I need, I need a, a plan B, uh, do something new with my life plan. Uh, so I taught him how to flip houses. He made $500,000 in his very first year, as a real estate investor, uh, never going back to that job uh, or that wife. Uh, Mike and Vanessa came to us, uh, members of the RIA, contractors, general contractors. We've got a lot of power team people like general contractors. They, they flip, they, they fix houses for real estate investors. They, they fix up some of my houses and other members of the network. And they noticed that the investors seem to be making all the big money while they're doing most of the work. 
So they came to me very astutely and they said, we really want to be the investor, not just the general contractor. Can you tell us how to do that? Can you show us how to, how to be the investor? So I taught them how to be the investor. And in their very first year as real estate investors, they actually only did one fix and flip. They only got one deal done uh, in their first year. Um, Olivia, how much money again did they make on that one deal? Only $2 million. Only $2 million net, net, not gross, net profit. So if you're only going to do one deal a year, what if you made $2 million net profit on the deal? Yeah, they bought a property for $975,000, 100% financed with private money in this network. We have 1,000 private money net, uh, lenders in this network. Faster, cheaper, better than hard money and other kind of money. Uh, totally rebuilt it, sold it for $5.7 million, obviously a multi-million dollar uh, home when they got done. After paying all the loans and expenses and costs and overhead and construction, they netted $2 million, right? And now they're working on 16 more in their next year, so they're doing pretty well. So go watch the show and check it out. You get to see the house and meet the investors and hear their stories and get inspired and educated at the same time. And Olivia, I'm going to have you kind of come up here and maybe help uh, explain the show a little bit more. I'll tell a few more stories in the meantime. Uh, Huberto, uh, engineering student, decided he wanted to do real estate as a side hustle. Imagine an engineering student doing a side hustle. And um, uh, he did uh, a, a fix and flip in Austin, made $300,000 profit on his, on his first fix and flip. And during the interview, Olivia says, so are you working on any other deals right now? He says, yeah, I've got, uh, let's see, 24 other fix and flips I'm working on. Not a bad side hustle. Chris came to us. She did something I think is really smart. I'm going to tell you what she did. Most people, when they get started, what do they do? They watch some YouTube videos. They watch a little HGTV. Like, honey, let's go flip a house. They, well, let's try to figure it out. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, here's like a different idea for getting started. How about instead of all that, why not when you do your first project, why not partner with somebody who's maybe done, I don't know, maybe hundreds of deals before, leverage their money and their experience and their power teams, learn how to do it the right way, and then split the profits, right? Now, I know what everybody's thinking, because everybody always says the same thing. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would a multimillionaire real estate investor want to partner with a rookie? Well, I'm going to share with you all a fact of life. This is just a fact of life. If you ever want to do business with somebody operating at a higher business stature than you, you're going to have to help them before they're going to help you. That's how life works. So what could you possibly do to get a multimillionaire real estate investor to want to help you bring them a money-making deal? And that's exactly what Chris brought to me. So she brings me this deal. She's like, what do you think of this? Y'all? Look at this. I'm a, this is a money-making deal. She says, would you partner on the deal with me? I said, for half the profits, heck yes. Right? I got half the profits. She learned how to do it the right way. We call that a win-win. She's done many, many deals since then. Carlos, petroleum engineer in Houston, getting burned out of his job, taught him how to flip houses, flipped 100 houses, quit his job. Elizabeth here in San Antonio, marketing executive, corporate America, burned out, uh, taught her how to flip houses. I don't even know how many houses she a flipped. Lot. But during the uh, interview, Olivia's like, how many houses are you flipping? I don't even know. She's like, well, how much money have you made? Well, I don't know. Well, can you give us some idea? Well, I got $6.7 million in the bank right now, so must be doing pretty well. Uh, Buddy uh, was an insurance adjuster from State Farm, uh, burned out, wanted something to do different, taught him how to flip houses, flipped 150 houses, 150, not one, not five, not 10, 150. 
We have a car salesman flip 60 houses. Eddie came to us from LA. He was a film producer in Los Angeles. And he's starting a family. He says, I don't like the culture. I want to grow my family in Texas. So he moves to Texas, but we're not making a bunch of films here in Texas. So he needs to find a way to make money, right, in Texas. So he says, well, how about real estate? Taught him how to do real estate. Flipped 100 houses. Uh, and during the interview, Olivia's like, how much money have you made? He's like, I've made a lot of money. And Olivia's digging in, like, come on, just give us like some number. What does that mean? Like, what is a lot of money? He's like, well... Uh, uh, I can tell you I'm now worth more than $10 million. So thank you, Texas Rias, for that. We have firefighters and flight attendants and football players. We have a NASA engineer. We have doctors, teachers, lawyers, people from all, uh, you know, every career you can imagine. And literally every single week we interview somebody. Uh, and tell their story, which is very inspirational. So please subscribe to the show uh, and hear some of the stories. And Olivia, you, you, you do the interview, so thank you for that. And you also have your own story because you're now a real estate investor. Can you tell everybody a little bit about how you got started investing in real estate? Yes, of course. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, so I came in as a guest. Uh, I did not know anything about the real estate, but every time I heard the word real estate, I ran because I'm like, okay, I don't have money, I don't have any knowledge, I don't have any license. Uh, so every time I heard someone, oh, I'm an investor, I'm like, great, let's not talk about that topic. So when I came in, it was just as a guest passing through it. I was not for this particular uh, meeting, uh, but I was just stopping by, and then I fell in love, and I had a lot of questions for Phil and his wife, who is not here tonight. Uh, I, I told him, this is, sounds great, uh, I got to go put my life together, and then I'm going to come back and do the real estate because then I'll be able to fit in. The reason I say that is because born and raised in Brazil, that's where my accent comes from. Not just Brazil sounds cool, but my mom and my dad decided to throw us in the middle of the Amazon with no electricity, organic as it can be at the time, and she probably is part of Amazon the same. Uh, so that's how I grew up pretty much my childhood. Uh, so when I moved to the United States, it was like everybody else, normal job and so on. So when I came to this network or to this event, uh, I was going to probably one of the hardest time in my life. Uh, I was going through a divorce. I had about 50,000 plus on my credit cards and uh, I didn't even have a place to live because we were renting and I had to find another place. I couldn't get qualified for even one bedroom apartment. And I have two teenage boys. So I was struggling as it can be. So that's when I told the field, like, this is all sounds amazing, but I got to get my life together, and then I'll come back in. And then he said, hold on. You are exactly where you need to be. We can help you. You just need to believe. You need to take action. And I'm, I can guarantee you, if you take action and you trust the, the process, you're not the first one who is being in this situation. It's going to work for you right now, not in a year from now. We can help you right now. So I did came, and I don't know if he mentioned already, uh, there is a three-day workshop, and uh, on that three-day workshop, plus this, I'm like, okay, this is in, I have to get in. So I decided to go door knocking, because one of his strategy um, is to door knock when it comes to the marketing. I didn't have any money, broke as it can be, so I love high heels, I still do, but I decided to go door knocking because it's free. So uh, I went door knocking in Houston, uh, and I got a house under contract, and I sold that contract for $10,000. And that was not just the only one, one off the one that I'm like, wow, this but, is... But when you got that $10,000 check, what did you think? 
How many more doors can I go door knock? <laughs> simple, simple oh, math. It's the same thing. Everything's theoretical, sounds good, yeah. but as soon as you get the check, it's like rinse and repeat, right? Your mind instantly switches. Yeah. So. How many more doors can I go door knock? So I did went, you know, I don't know how many doors I have door knock in my, since I became a real estate investor, a lot. And I put many, many houses under contract through door knocking and other marketing as well. But the beginning was definitely door knocking 100%. Um, moving forward, now I am, I own my house in Lake, uh, West Lake in Austin, Texas. My boys go to one of the best school in the... The best school. And yeah, not just in Austin, but I think in Texas, it's one of the top ones that I'm very pleased being a mom that does change my life and their life as well. I own Fix and Flip. I have buy and hold. I have done many Fix and Flip here in San Antonio throughout Texas, Austin, Dallas, and San Antonio and Houston. So this network, this event has 100% transformed my life. I wish I could double more zeros there because I started from nothing with no experience, <clears throat> no money, no nothing. And here I am sharing my journey with you. It sounds embarrassing, but that is exactly how I started <clears throat> when I became a real estate investor myself. So today I'm debt free. I have no more credit cards. Everything is on auto payments. And I feel like I am, I can say I am living not the American dream, but my, my dream life. And I have a way to go because of the real estate, you can always learn and, and learn and grow with it. So I'm transitioning more into the commercial right now. And I'm super excited about my journey uh, since I became a real estate investor. So that's my story. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I do appreciate that. And, you know, this is how we help people get over their fear, right? This is scary. Anything new is scary, right? Life is scary. But, you know, if you do it with others, if you do it with local people, if you do it with people that have been doing it for a long time, it just becomes a lot less scary. So let's move on. Okay, real estate. I started actually really real estate investing in December 15, 2003. That's the day I did my very first deal. been involved in about 1,200 deals since then. Uh, and these are some of the houses I flipped. I don't have time to go through them all, but it's been a lot. In fact, I do approximately a real estate transaction a week. Uh, and what that does, it creates money in big chunks. Now, that sounds good, right? Money in big chunks. I'm not here to sound good. I'm here to teach you. So the way this business works fundamentally is as follows. We do things to find people with problems or to get people with problems to find us. So what kind of problems? They have a property they want to sell, a mortgage they can't afford, right? A property in distress. Problems to entrepreneurs are what? Opportunities. Big problems are what? Big opportunities. So like if you're thinking like, I don't want to be, I don't want any problem. You're thinking, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. We're real estate entrepreneurs. All entrepreneurs have something in common. They help the world by solving the world's problems. We solve real estate problems. Right? Like during the Great Depression, I'll give you an interesting statistic. During the Great Depression, do you know there were more millionaires per capita created during the Great Depression than in any other era in our history? Why was that? The Great Depression was the great opportunity right, to solve problems. So let's get specific. I don't want to be general. Let's get into detail. I found somebody facing foreclosure. Big problem. I gave them an out, an alternative, something called a short sale. allowed them to sell their property without having to bring money to the table without completely destroying their credit. And I made $16,000 helping somebody solve a problem. REO, that stands for real estate-owned bank-owned properties. Banks are not in the real estate business. They don't want to own real estate. So I took it off the bank's hands, solving the bank's problem, sold it, made $36,000. Guy had a legal problem, had to sell a house by Friday. 
A realtor cannot sell a house by Friday. I can buy a house by Friday. I got in our contract, wholesaled it, made $5,000. Got a property subject to my specialty. Uh, no money, no credit, flipped it. Made $68,000, $5,600 on an assignment. $6,000 on a mortgage assignment, $10,000 on a wholesale, $2,800 on a small referral, $12,400 for a large referral. The way this business works is as follows. We do things to get people with problems to call us. And here's the really beautiful part. For every problem that exists, there is no exception, so let me repeat that. For every problem that exists, we have a solution, a strategy that helps them. It's about helping people, solves the problem, and gets us paid. We can help motivated sellers. We can help non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their properties free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money and the property's even worse. We can help them. We can solve the problem. We get paid. Sometimes we get singles. Sometimes we get doubles. And sometimes we get home runs. Sometimes I work on a lead, a deal, an opportunity, a problem for six months. And after six months, I make $5,000. And I'm like, oh, man, six months, $5,000. I could have made more money working at Walmart. Thank goodness I'm not working on just one lead at a time. Sometimes my phone rings and that phone call makes me $55,000 in 48 hours. And I'm like, oh man, I wish every time my phone rang, I made $55,000 in 48 hours. But that's not how it works either. That's maybe one in 100 phone calls. So the question to ask is simple. How often do you get 100 phone calls? Well, that depends on you and how much marketing that you do. You get 100 phone calls every week. You get 100 phone calls every month. You get 100 phone calls every year. Well, that depends on you and how much looking that you do. So there's two essential skills you have to learn to be a real estate investor. I'm going to teach you these skills right now. The first and foremost skill is marketing. Marketing is just generating the lead or finding the deal. A lead is nothing more than the name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. You need to spend 85% of your time and effort on marketing, generating a lead, finding the deal, and you outsource pretty much everything else. Next skill we have to learn is strategy. Strategy is doing the deal, solving the problem. We buy houses. We help people sell houses, get rid of houses and mortgages they don't want or can't afford anymore. We do it in a variety of different ways. It solves a variety of different problems. And these are true in both residential and commercial. So marketing and strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. Okay, we use 65 different tested, proven methods of finding off-market wholesale real estate. We use a dozen different strategies to help people solve the problem right, and get ourselves paid. Over half the marketing methods, by the way, are completely free. So if you tell me I don't have any money, great, I'll tell you how to do it for free. In fact, nine of the 12 investing strategies are actually no money and no credit strategies. And when you learn how to buy real estate with no money and no credit, then how much real estate can you buy? All of it. So marketing strategy, finding deals, doing deals, finding problems, and solving problems. Let us get started with the marketing. Uh, actually, first I'm going to tell you another quick story. This is the very first house that I flipped. I flipped this house on December 15, 2003. But I'll tell you a little story. On December 14, 2003, I was scared to death. I was actually being coached and mentored by the two guys who ran the Real Estate Investor Association back then. And on the day before, on two, December 14, 2003, I called both of my mentors on the phone. I'm scared. I don't want to lose any money. Are you guys sure this is going to work? Yeah, it took two seasoned, experienced real estate investors pulling me, kicking and screaming over the starting blocks to get me to do that very first deal. So if you're, if you're new, if you're scared, I get it, I can relate, and I can help. But I had one other thing that was also motivating me to, to move forward and take action. I was in a job I no longer loved, and I was in a career 
that I no longer love. And I'm going to tell you, if you're spending your time doing something you don't love doing, you need a do something different with your life plan. And that's exactly where I was. I needed a different life. Now, and I got to tell you, you get one life. And man, it just flies by. I noticed this morning there's a 14-year-old boy living in my house. I can't figure out how that happened. We had a baby, now I have a 14-year-old. Okay, I don't know. It just, just flies by. And if you're not on a trajectory to getting the life that you want, if you're not reaching your God-given potential, then maybe you need a do something different with your life plan. So that first deal is so important. In a lot of ways, it's your most important deal. Life-changing experience. It's like your first kiss. Everybody remembers their first kiss, life-changing experience. Everybody remembers their first deal, life-changing experience. Let me tell you about mine. It took me six months to find my first deal. I was actually an unusually slow starter. Got it under contract with a contract I got right here at the RIA. Bought it using OPM, other people's money, private money loan. Right? We have over 1,000 private money lenders in this network. Got a contractor here in the network to fix it. Got a realtor here in the network to sell it. Got a title company and attorney right here at the RIA to close it. And I went to that very first closing and picked up that very first check for $15,384.26. And you know, when they handed me that check, it was like you unscrewed the cap, popped out the old brain, and popped in the new brain. Because right up until the moment that they handed me that check, I was a real estate investor based on theory. And I wasn't even sure I believed the theory. I don't know about this, not sure about that, don't know if that's going to work. But the second they handed me that check, I was no longer a real estate investor based on a theory. I was a real estate investor based on experience. I didn't know anything different except I knew it actually worked. And as soon as they handed me a check, what I realized is if I did this and this and this again, I get another check. Well, it worked the first time. If I did this, this, and this again, I get another check. And if I did this, this, and this again, I get another check. But the really big deal that I realized at that moment is that at that moment, I realized I would never, ever, 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 for the rest of my life, ever, ever, have to work for somebody else. Ever, 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 never, ever again. And I have not worked for anybody else, even for one second since they handed me that check. So if you're new and you're getting started, here's my first piece of advice. You need to focus yourself like a laser beam on that very first deal because that very first deal will change your life, mostly by changing your mindset. Right, deals two, three, four, five, and six, they get easier and easier and easier. You know, you heard Olivia tell her story, right? I got the check and immediately, right, it went from being theoretical to being possible. And then all she could think is, wow, I knocked on this many doors. I got $10,000. How many more doors can I knock on? And just immediately you switch into a whole new mindset of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So I told you I was going to tell you what I did right. And I'm also going to tell you what I did wrong. I did actually make one big rookie mistake right out of the chute with that very first deal. I spent all that time finding the deal. I found the deal. got it under contract. As soon as I got under contract, I kind of put my marketing on hold. I picked up some hammers, started managing some contractors. I finished the deal. I got the check, only to wake up the next day and realize I had absolutely nothing to do except start the whole business all over again. And this gets me to my very first takeaway. And here it is, and this is the big one. The business of being a real estate investor is the business of finding deals. It's all about finding deals. Why? Because you make the money on the buy. What does that mean? 
as soon as you find a property, get it under contract, whatever money was going to be made or not made, it's done right at that moment. Yeah, you get the money later on the sale, but you make the money on that box. And you always have to spend 85% of your time and money on marketing, looking for the next deal. And most importantly, you always have to have the attitude that your next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. That's the abundance mindset. The rookies all screw this up. They finally find a deal. They make some money. Great. But they stop the marketing. So eventually they reset the marketing. They get it going again. They find another deal. They make some money. Great. But they stop the marketing. So they reset the marketing. Eventually they get it going again. They find another deal. They make some money. Great. But they stop the marketing. Their income goes up and down and up and down with big gaps in between. You need your income to go up, 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 up. And the only way to do that is you always have to spend 85% of all of your time and money looking for the next show with the attitude that the next show is always more important than the deal you have now. And hint, the deals you're looking for are not in the MLS. The MLS is the multiple listing service. It's the retail market for real estate. It's where realtors sell real estate. It's where all the people in the world compete with each other to see who will pay the most. And I hate to say it, but when you're competing against all the people in the world, some of those people are stupid. And you don't want to compete against stupid. Well, you don't want to win competing against stupid. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the MLS. I adore the MLS. Why do I love and adore the MLS? Because after I buy off-market wholesale real estate, where do I then want to resell it? Yeah, on the MLS. It has been proven that any property listed in the MLS will sell for the most that it could be possibly sold for. That's just never where you're going to find heavily discounted wholesale real estate. The very, very best deal in the entire MLS would rarely be a deal that a real estate would, investor would take a second look at. So finding deals. Once I realized this whole shoot match is about finding deals, then I went about systematizing the process of finding deals. And over time, it develops 65 different methods for finding deals. Now, it's not really completely accurate to say I developed 65 methods. What would be more accurate is to say I found 65 things at work and I started to do those things. In fact, I need to teach you all a really important lesson, maybe the most important lesson I'm going to teach you today. But for me to teach you this next lesson, first, I need to unteach you all something. I've got to unteach you all something. So let me unteach you something. When you guys were in elementary school, if you looked over the paper next to you and you copied down the answers, that was called what? Cheating. And you're all told that cheating is what? Wrong. Bad. Okay. We're not a bunch of little kids. We're not in elementary school anymore. Going forward, I need you all to unlearn that. Because going forward, guess what? Yeah, cheating is actually the shortcut. What am I saying up here? What I'm trying to say is simple. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that you're trying to do. There's absolutely nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business is completely understood. We know what's in the soil. We know the zoning. We know the guys who write the zoning. We know the appreciation rate by street address in all the major metropolitan cities across the state of Texas. We know the exact letters to send to the exact mailing list. We know the exact offers they make to me, exactly what objections we're going to get. We know the exact words to overcome the objections. We even know how many contracts we're going to get signed on average for every 10,000 letters we send out 
everything, and I mean everything, and I mean absolutely everything about this business is completely understood. And once I realized that everything I was trying to do and everything I was trying to figure out, other people had actually done and figured out, and I finally stopped trying to figure it all out, and I started to, here's this word, copy, right, copy the tested, proven methods, campaigns to actually do this business. And I'm going to teach them to you now. Now, some of these methods or campaigns take time, and some of these methods or campaigns take money. When you get started, you probably have more time and less money. Once you get going, you have more money and less time. I will tell you, honestly, I don't spend any time at all anymore on marketing. You know, I've outsourced 100%. But when you're getting started, you're probably going to insource more. So then what are all these different marketing methods? Well, let me teach you a whole bunch. The first set of strategies has to do with direct mail. You can buy lists of motivated sellers. Then they're called mailing lists. Now, what do you do with a mailing list? Well, you can send a mail. Or you can call them on the phone. Or you can send them a text. Or you can knock on their door. Or you can do a combination of those things in what's called a multi-touch campaign. So what are some of the popular lists? Well, you can get a list of people that didn't pay their property taxes, people that are late paying their mortgage, people that have filed for divorce. Two people were combining their income to pay a mortgage. Now one of them's gone. Well, the one that's left is probably having trouble paying the mortgage by themselves. You can get a list of people who've inherited a house from somebody that passed away, people whose credit scores are starting to go down. Uh, you can get a list of people that just got dismissed from bankruptcy. Certainly a lot of financial distress there. You can get a non-owner-occupied list. There's a list of people who own a property they don't live at themselves. Well, technically, they are landlords. And a lot of them are what we call accidental landlords. They couldn't sell, so they rented. They, they let an ex-spouse or family member or friend or neighbor stay in a house. They inherited a house with a tenant in it. They don't know actually anything about being a landlord, and very often they eventually become motivated sellers. You get a Section 8 landlord list. There's a list of people who rent to people on public assistance. You get a code enforcement list. You know the city's already driving around issuing citations for abandoned houses, order houses, deferred maintenance houses. You know you get the city to give a list of all those properties to you. You get every problem property in the city. You can even get an expired listing list. What is that? There's a list of people that hired a realtor, tried for a long time to sell it, and it didn't sell. So what do we know about these people? We know 100% of these people would like to sell their house probably now more than ever, but they probably need solutions that realtors don't offer. Well, hello, that's exactly what investors do offer. So if you send letters and postcards to these lists of people with problems, if you call them, if you text them, uh, some of them will call you back. Right? Those are called leads. If you make them an offer that solves their problem, we have an offer for every problem, by the way. Some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. For the website, you can get leads on the internet, ban is signs, see them along the side of the road, we buy houses, why do you see the signs? Because they work. Online ads work, email, autoresponders, magnetic signs, little sign on the side of your car. You drive the side of your car around, your, your, your car gets leads for the rest of your life after you buy the sign once. Uh, okay, you don't like to pay postage for 10 cents a door, you can have somebody put door flyers on every door on the property. Uh, here's one that's pretty much free, driving for dollars. Sometimes I'm driving around, and I see a, uh, a tarp on a roof. They might as well be waving a big red flag. Desperate motivated seller, please buy my house. I mean, think about this. Somebody's most valuable asset, a house, a building, a property, has a serious problem, a leak. And their solution was to do what? Go buy a $5 tarp at Home Depot. Well, how come they didn't fix the roof? Pretty obvious, right? No money. 
Same guy that's not fixing the roofs, not paying his insurance, not paying his taxes, probably not paying his mortgage, sooner or later, an investor is going to pick up that deal. Okay, what are the other deal-finding strategies, marketing methods? Oh, wait. We interrupt this program for a special announcement. Special announcement. Actually, kind of Olivia spilled the beans on this. Uh, we're actually sponsoring a workshop, and I'm going to be teaching this myself. Practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training. And we have a really smoking sweet deal. We're going to let you guys attend for free. So normally we charge, but we're going to do a special promotion where we're letting the members of the Texas RIAs get free training. Uh, you can attend in person uh, or you can come attend online. We don't teach one or two strategies. We teach all 12 strategies that are used here in Texas. There's things you can do in Texas you can't do in any other state, but more importantly, there's things that are legal in 49 states that are not legal in Texas, and you better know what those are, and we're going to teach you what those are. We teach all 65 marketing methods. We teach you closes. These are literally the exact words you say, the scripts, which are not intuitive, by the way, uh, for closing deals. How to partner, great way to get started. How to access over a thousand private money lenders, thousands, and I mean thousands, and I mean thousands of successful Texas real estate investors got started at this workshop, The Real Deal, Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. So I'm mentioning it because we've got a tour coming up. We call it the Texas Tour, and we're doing a three-city tour, and you're welcome to come join us. You can come live and in person. Uh, we have tables, so we're not squished in as much as we are here. Uh, or you can attend online or do a combination of the two. And we have a special promotion where if you register tonight, you can get registered for free. Uh, the way you do it is you just get the starter kit. And I'll tell you, there's a bunch of goodies in the starter kit. I'll go through this, and I'll put this up later as well. But the starter kit is how you register for the workshop. Uh, for you guys online, just click on the link in the comments below. And I will give you a little bit more details uh, of this uh, a little bit later, but I just wanted to give you all a little bit of a preview. Um, we do both residential and commercial uh, here at the Texas RIAs, and I'll tell you about both of them because I know you're interested or different people are interested in each of those two. Okay, so other deal-finding strategies. Uh, letters of intent. What are letters of intent? A letter of intent is an offer. Okay, so then who should you make an offer to? And the answer is everyone. So I'm going to give you all your first homework assignment. Tomorrow, I want each of you to send 200 people an offer on their house. I'm not kidding. You see, here's how investors think. Ready, fire, aim. You make the offer, and then you negotiate. You make the offer, and then you look for the money. You make the offer, and then... You do your due diligence, you make the offer, and then you think about it. You should make everybody an offer. Why not? Do you know here in Texas, every time you make somebody an offer, you know you get four different options? You might want to write them down. Option number one, you could buy a house. They might say yes. It's called taking a shot. If you take enough shots on goal, what do you think is going to happen? Some of them go in. Even if you suck, and with practice, what happens? More of them go in because you don't suck anymore because you got practice. Yeah, so option number one, you can buy a house. Option number two, you can just terminate the contract. You know, the Texas State Promulgated Contract gives the buyer the unilateral right to just rip it up and walk away. No harm, no foul, no penalty, no risk. 
You don't even have to give a reason. Option number three, you can renegotiate the contract. Do you know that it's much, much, much easier to renegotiate than it is to negotiate? Option number four, you can actually sell the contract itself to somebody else that has money. Notice only one of those four options even required you to have any money to buy a house. Just make offers and give yourself options. Business cards, FISBO, cold calling, for sale by owner. Why would somebody try to sell their own house? Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they're crazy. Maybe they need solutions. Realtors don't offer. Hello. Uh, mass media, past referrals, other investors. Sometimes the best way to find a deal is to get other investors to find the deal for you. By the way, do you all know what I'm doing up here right now? Anybody want to guess? What do you think I'm doing right now? Hmm? Yeah, it's called marketing. Yeah, y'all impressed? I will guesstimate, based on the number of people live and the number of people online, I will guesstimate easily sometime over the next 12 months, I should easily be able to partner on no less than one, two, three deals with somebody who's listening to me right now sometime over the next 12 months. Average net profit on a deal, 40 grand, my share, 20. Means as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now, I should pretty easily be able to put an extra 20 plus 20 plus 20, extra $60,000 in my pocket sometime over the next 12 months as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now. Not bad. Better than a poke in the eye with a stick. Wouldn't you all agree? And by the way, you can all do exactly the same thing because there's people in this room and there's people in this network that have deals that are looking for money. There's people in this network, there's people in this room that have money that are looking for deals. Some people on buy and hold, some people on fix and flip, some people on short sales, some people on wholesale. Some people on Austin, some people on Dallas, some people on Houston, some people on San Antonio, some people on El Paso. All of the members of this network, by the way, and there's tens of thousands of them, are all interconnected through an online network. You know, multiple times a day and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, offers, questions, referrals, resources, back and forth over that network. We meet every minute, every minute of every day. And I said earlier, guys, you're not going to find your deal in the MLS. That's ridiculous. That's the retail marketplace. That's the retail pond. That's the pond with the small fish. You guys need to fish in the wholesale pond. That's the pond with the big fish. So then where's the wholesale pond? You're sitting in it. Yeah, a large network of real estate investors wholesaling horse trading amongst themselves. When you look around this room, what do you see? Right? Do you see your competition? Or do you see leads, deals, money, resources, partners, buyers, sellers? You want to make a lot of money in this business, you need to do a lot of deals. You want to do a lot of deals, I got the first tip, you can't do it by yourself. Nobody can. Nobody has enough money for this. Nobody. You got a half a million in your bank account, good for you, go buy a house. Okay, now you're done. Yep, that's it. Can't buy another house until you sell that house. No, you got to be able to buy any property at any time at any price. You have no idea what that deal of a lifetime that just pops up tomorrow is going to look like. So you better be ready to use other people's money. Yeah, you're going to have to give them something for the money. Right? Piece of the deal, interest, whatever. But that's okay. The deal paid for it. Right? You can't be everywhere. You don't know everything. You don't have unlimited resources. But that's actually not true. 
you actually can be everywhere and you do have unlimited resources when you leverage or work with others. Right? And that's how you scale up and that's how you make a lot of money in this business. Realtors, let's have the talk. People ask me all the time, should I become a realtor? I'm not a realtor. Donald Trump's not a realtor. Most real estate investors are not realtors. If you want to be a realtor, great. There's nothing wrong with being a realtor. It's not going to help you in any way at all as a real estate investor. In some ways, it will hinder you. A lot of realtors, I don't, I don't, I can do things realtors are not allowed to do. And, and some of those are really, really helpful things. So that's why I specifically would not want to be a realtor. Can you be a, a, a realtor and investor? Absolutely. Can you be a bus driver? Can you be an engineer investor? Absolutely. I'm just going to tell you if you think it's going to help you, it's not. And in fact, it may hinder you somewhat. Uh, and, and it's just because it's, it's a common question that we get. And most realtors, honestly, once they start acting as real estate investors, they give up the realtor license. They're because they're like it's they're making more money as the investors, so they just stop being the realtor and they don't have to keep up their license or, or deal with the restrictions. Um, <clears throat> HUD scenarios, bank-owned properties. Another common question, another common rookie mistake. People hear the word foreclosure and they go crazy. Oh, foreclosure is a deal. No, it's not. Foreclosure just means it's being sold by a banker. Bankers are not desperate, motivated sellers. When a bank wants to sell their property, you know what they do? They call a realtor. It's pretty smart. They say, stick it on the MLS. Bring me the idiot that pays the most. I don't want that to be you. And that's why we don't usually buy those properties. Instead, we buy pre-foreclosures before they go back to the bank. So how do you do that? Well, you fish in the wholesale marketplace. You do direct marketing off-market. Or here's another idea. Here in Texas, on the first Tuesday of the month, rain, shine, holiday or not, Everybody that didn't pay their mortgage gets auctioned off at the county courthouse steps. At every county courthouse in the state. Did you know that? And do you know you can get a list of all the properties going to the auction and you can go knock on their door before the auction and often get it under contract before the auction for even less than it's going to sell at the auction. Why? Because you're not bidding against 300 other guys. Wholesalers, let's have the talk. There's a lot of horse trading and wholesaling that goes on amongst real estate investors, and that's good. But I always issue a little warning to go along with it. And here's my warning. Nobody will love your money more than who? More than you. So you have to always do your own due diligence. And this is another common rookie mistake. Rookies get a little lazy and they're like, well, I'll just get a deal from a wholesaler. If you're a rookie and you've never done a deal before and you buy a property from a wholesaler, there's at least a 19 out of 20 chance it's going to end in absolute disaster. Just don't do it. Why? Because the wholesalers are notorious for doing what we call juicing the deal. When a wholesaler sends you a property and says, this property is worth 100000 fixed up, what is it going to be worth after it's fixed up? 80 max. When a wholesaler says, this property is going to need 20 in repairs, what is it going to need in repairs? 40 minimum. When a wholesaler says, ooh, it's your lucky day for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit, this lucky deal can be yours, you put down that deposit, I guarantee, with a 19 out of 20 chance that I'm right, because I've been doing this for a long time, you will be losing a lot of money well beyond the 5,000 you got started with. It is fiction, folks. Please do not believe fiction for a moment. When a wholesaler sends me a deal, I briefly look at all the numbers, and I throw the numbers in the trash, and then I run my own numbers. And the only reason I even looked at the numbers before I threw them in the trash is because I kind of want to know how much they were lying to me when I compare it to the real numbers. I'm going to use some strong words because I obviously feel very strongly about this. Look, it would be really, really, really stupid to ever buy real estate based on information about the real estate 
provided to you by the person trying to sell the real estate to you or anybody they know or anybody associated or affiliated with them. Don't do that. I said earlier, your first deal is your most important deal, and it is. But if you lose money on your first deal, at the end of that deal, 100% of your real estate investing experience will have been bad, and you'll probably never come back for more. So you have to do your own analysis and due diligence using independently sourced data. And if you've never done it before, then work with people that have done it before. And if you're doing your first deal and you buy your first deal from a wholesaler, I'm going to just tell you again, so you have been warned, there's at least a 95% chance that will absolutely end in disaster. I don't want to lose anybody's money. I don't want anybody to lose money. You know, we're not here to gamble. Right? If you want to gamble, go to Vegas. You know, bet on the stock market, legalize gambling. The problem, though, with the stock market is insider trading is illegal. In the real estate business, insider trading is advised. Do not buy real estate unless you know with absolute provability, independently sourced data, that the property is worth much more than you're paying for it at the time that you buy it because that's when you make the money. Okay, bird dogs, Craigslist, social media, friends, family, so, so forth. Why are there so many different marketing methods? Well, would you rather fish with a hook or would you rather fish with a net? You need to learn to fish with a net. And the reason is because this business is a numbers game. And now I'm going to teach you guys the numbers. I'm going to teach you something right now that it took me two years of hard work to figure out. So I'm going to shave two years of learning curve off right now. By 2005, I've been a real estate investor for two years. And I calculated my first two years, I generated about 400 leads. A lead is just the name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. I was talking to somebody, looking at a deal every couple of days for a couple of years, and then I did the math. And here's what I discovered. As a rookie, on average, for every $100 I spent on paid marketing, things like direct mail, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. As a rookie, on average, for every three hours I spent on personal marketing, things like driving for dollars, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. Then I discovered that as a rookie, on average, for every 20 leads I got, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. So let me run the numbers for you. That means as a rookie, every time I drove around for 60 hours, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. As a rookie, every time I sent out $2,000 in direct mail, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $4,000, make $40. Spend $8,000, make $80. Spend $16,000, make $160. Spend $32,000. You don't have to spend it all at once, by the way. Make $320,000 net profit. Are you starting to like the numbers? took me two years to figure that out. But after two years in the trenches, what I realized is, holy cow, the whole business. It's just a numbers game. And now I know the numbers. And I started to think about my business in a completely different way after I figured this out. I now see my whole business like it's a little black box. And we'll call that little black box a marketing machine. And the way that little black box works is every time I stick $100 worth of marketing in one end, eventually $1,000 worth of net profit pops out the other end. Now, if you had a little black box, every time you shoved $100 in one end, $1,000 popped out the other end, how many dollars would you stick in the box? Like all of them. I started spending money on marketing like a drunken sailor because I knew. I finally knew the numbers. I started spending thousands of dollars a month on marketing. And then I started spending tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing. And then I hired two full-time six-figure guys 
who spend 100% of their time spending my money on marketing. And now in some months, in some months, we spend as much as $100,000 a month on marketing. Because once you know this whole thing is just a numbers game, and once you know the numbers, then it's just on. It's just on. Sometime later, I actually wrote a book on investing in real estate here in Texas. We're not selling any books tonight. But I will repeat something I said earlier. There's nothing you're trying to do. There's nothing that you're trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. What is the shortcut? Copy stuff that's been figured out. Okay, so we're right at the halfway point in my presentation. I'm about to get into the strategies, which is kind of the mechanics of how these deals work, obviously, and probably the more interesting part of it. But before I do that, I, I, I did want to say one other thing here at this point, you know, at the beginning of this presentation, I said, my job is to make you educated, contributing members of this community. And we really do want you to be educated and participatory, contributing. And, you know, we do these meetings all over Texas. We always have a lot of new investors that come to the meetings. And we call the new investors uh, tourists, right? Just checking it out. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, honey, let's go check out the RIA, right? But we figured out a long time ago, nobody actually makes any money being a tourist. Right? People, people make money when they're actually buying, selling, partnering, lending, borrowing. You know, that's, that's when money gets made. But I also figured out a long time ago, unfortunately, I can't turn somebody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes. If I could figure out how to sprinkle pixie dust around the room and turn everybody into a real estate investor in 45 minutes, yeah, that would be awesome. I don't know how to do that. But I can, and I have on numerous occasions, turn people into real estate investors over a period of 24 hours. Or maybe it would be more accurate to say 24 hours spread out over three days, giving us the time to get through all the nitty-gritty details of how this business actually works. And this is why the Texas RIA sponsors the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. This is practical, actionable, detailed training of Texans, teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. We use all 12 strategies. You have to know them all, all 65 market messages to closes. Closes are literally the exact words you say to get somebody to accept your solution to their problem, your offer and their property. So I'll give you an example. Recently, I said some magic words to a woman, and she gave me her house. Didn't ask for any money. Wonderful house. Didn't have to give her any money at all. She even said, thank you for taking my house. It came with equity and, and loans and tenants and everything else. And she just gave it to me and said, thank you. Who's a little skeptical right now? Raise your hand if you're a little skeptical. Come on, guys. Raise your hand if you're skeptical. You, if I, if that doesn't make it. Who's not skeptical? Are you, are you not skeptical? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I just said something pretty outrageous. I just said I have magic words that I said to a woman who just made her just give me her house and, and didn't even have to give her money. She gave me her house and said, thank you for taking it. So, so tell me, I'll try this again. How, who's a little skeptical right now? Who's a little skeptical? I want you to be skeptical because in a couple of minutes, I'm going to demonstrate. And when you see how it works, you're going to be really amazed, especially if you're skeptical now. But those are the closes, and I'll show you how that works. So you learn how to partner, great way to get started. You don't have to, but it's a great way to get started. How to access private money. Private money is faster, cheaper, better, more reliable. Gives you a competitive advantage. Thousands, I'll say it again, thousands, I'll say it again, thousands of successful investors got started this workshop. Right? In fact, every single week we interview somebody. 
I don't know anybody in the world that can say every week, millionaire, 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 from having actually come to this workshop. So if you're interested in getting educated and changing your trajectory, we're doing this live and we're doing this online. We're going to simulcast and you can get registered by just clicking in the link uh, with the QR code. You can also go to this website, Texas Starter Kit. If you do it today, like tonight before you leave, you can actually get registered for free. Or you can wait till tomorrow, in which case you can pay. So we'd rather you wait for tomorrow, but if you want to get it for free, you can register today. Uh, for you guys online, you can click on the link in the comments below. So pick the date and location that works best for you. We are live and in person, and uh, we're also simulcasting, so you can do either one or a combination of the two. Oh, one other comment. Most of this presentation I'm giving is obviously our residential presentation. We have a whole other part of the Texas RIAs that is commercial real estate. So just out of curiosity, how many of you are interested in commercial real estate? Let's do a quick poll of the audience. Okay, about 40 or so percent. Commercial's not better or worse, it's, it's just different. Bigger deals, they take longer syndications. Uh, it's just different, uh, solves different problems. Some of you heard me say that earlier. If you got money, you wanna make money in your money, I'm gonna say invest in commercial. You wanna do big deals, do commercial, but they take longer. You want to quit your job fast, make flip houses. You want to build long-term wealth, buy rental properties. They're, they're all good. They're all good. But at any rate, we also have a commercial uh, part of the Texas RIAs. It's probably too late to even mention this, but we're doing a big event this coming weekend, August 25, 26, 27, uh, in Dallas. If any of you are really dying to get some really bad-ass training, <laughs> forgive the language, uh, you know, um, it's coming up this weekend, uh, and it's a Texas uh, Expo. Uh, George Ross, my original mentor, Donald Trump's right-hand man, the, the real estate investor, uh, celebrity apprentice judge, author of The Greatest Deal Ever Done, uh, bought a building in Manhattan for a million dollars, turned around and sold it for $450 million. Hugh Hilton done $18 billion with a B in commercial real estate. Uh, Vanilla Ice, former rapper, now real estate tycoon, did you know that? even going to play a little concert for us. Uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of my clients from all across Texas and even all across the United States are going to be converging in Dallas this weekend. So if you're really interested, go call, uh, uh, talk to Olivia at the end of this uh, presentation and um, she, can, she can get you plugged in. It's a last minute thing, so I wouldn't even mention it other than that. Okay, so <clears throat> talked about fear, right? And we talked about finding deals, marketing, cross that out. Let's talk about the mechanics of actually how you do the deals, which is, of course, strategy. So marketing check, let's get into strategy. So first of all, there's a lot of strategies that are used by real estate investors. Uh, and people always ask me, well, where should I get started? I'm going to answer that question right now. You can watch videos and read books on how to do short sales, uh, buy and hold, mortgage assignments, auction options, referrals. Uh, wholesaling, contracts for deeds, uh, lease options, house swapping, uh, wraparound mortgages, equity partnering, and of course, how to do fix and flipping. You certainly spend a lot of time and money on all that training and education. In fact, my wife and I have actually spent over $100,000 on training, coaching, seminars, books, tapes, etc. Most of it was great. Some of it was not great, but it all sounded great. But I don't feel bad about spending over $100,000 on our education because we've actually made many millions of dollars from our education. But I do have a little pet peeve at how most people get started and how most people teach people to get started. 
Because when you look at all of these different strategies, here's the good news. They all work. All of these things can make you money investing in real estate. That's the good news. The bad news is that they each only work in unique situations. So in other words, each of these strategies is actually the solution to a specific problem. But remember what I said earlier, your job one is just finding the problem, finding the deal. So here's a brand new investor hunting for deals. And he does some marketing, maybe he sends out some letters, and he gets a lead to name a number of somebody who might want to sell property. Well, if this guy had gotten the right training, he would have learned how to help the seller or this particular seller solve their problem using a strategy called a wraparound mortgage. That's the solution to his problem, but that's not the training he got. This guy just went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. All he learned how to do was wholesaling. So he's looking for a wholesale deal. He didn't find one. He found a wrap deal and doesn't know how to do that. So what's he going to do now? He's going to do some more marketing and generate another lead. And now if he only knew how to do a mortgage assignment, he could help somebody solve the problem get paid, but he doesn't know how to do that, right? Because all he learned how to do is a wholesale, and he's still looking for a wholesale. Didn't find one. Found a mortgage assignment, doesn't know how to do that. So he's going to do some more marketing and generate yet another lead. And now if he only knew how to do an auction option, he could solve a big problem and get a big check. But he doesn't know how to do that because all he knows how to do is wholesaling, and he's still looking for a wholesale deal. You see, you're starting to see the problem. You see, here the, here's the problem. There's 30,000 books and tapes and YouTube videos out there that teach people how to get started investing in real estate. And if you look at most of the education out there, what everybody says is this. You need to get started by learning one strategy, and this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, this is the best one. Well, whatever. You need to pick a strategy, learn that strategy. You need to make money on that strategy. And then after you learn how to make money on that strategy, later on you can learn some of the other strategies. It sounds pretty good, and it feels pretty good. But forgive my language when I say this. That is a completely ass-backwards way to go about this. Saying that you need to get started by learning one strategy, and you need to make money on one strategy before you learn the other strategy, that's kind of like saying you need to go to Las Vegas and learn how to bet on one number on the roulette wheel. And after you make enough money betting over and over and over again on that one number on the roulette wheel, well, then later on you can learn how the other numbers work. Well, that's ridiculous. And yet that's how 95% of real estate investors get started investing in real estate. And is it no surprise that 95% of real estate investors give up before they ever get going? And probably 99% of the wholesalers. So let's talk about the wholesalers. There's nothing wrong with wholesaling. Wholesaling is one of the 12 strategies that I use and that I teach. In fact, frankly, it's the easiest one to teach. The problem, however, with wholesaling is I would say overall it's the hardest one to do that on average makes the least amount of money. So when somebody tells me, I'm going to get started by wholesaling, here's how my brain translates that plan. I'm going to do the hardest thing there is to do that on average makes the least amount of money. And I know from my experience that about 99 out of 100, maybe not 100 out of 100, but about 99 out of 100 of the people that try to execute that plan end up giving up before they ever get going. For example, how many of you have ever read the book, The Millionaire Wholesaler? That's because it's never been written. And it never will be written because it's the hardest thing to do that on average makes the least amount of money. So I'm going to show you what the top 5% of real estate investors do. And I'm going to tell you, play to be in the 5% or don't bother because they make all the money. So this is how I do it. And this is how I'm going to teach you how to do it as well. And it's really pretty simple. I bet on all the numbers on the wheel and then I spin the wheel a lot. 
And what do I mean by I bet on all the numbers on the wheel? I use 12 strategies. Why not learn 12 ways to fill out a contract? Why not learn 12 ways to solve a problem? You spend time and money. It's called marketing to get somebody with a problem to call you. There's a way to help them and solve the problem and get paid. You need to help them and solve the problem and get paid. And once you know these 12 strategies, collectively, these 12 strategies solve every problem there is. There is no exception. Motivated sellers, non-motivated sellers, green, clear, underwater. And then after you learn how to do that, then what are you going to do next? Spin the wheel a lot. Look at a lot of deals. Take a lot of shots on goal. This is what the top 5% of investors do. So to do that, you need to know all the marketing and you need to know all the strategies. So let's talk about strategies and let's get into some of this. Actually, first I'm going to tell you another fun story. This was my first big deal. After I was a real estate investor for just over two years, I flipped this house. I actually made 291,000 net profit flipping this house. Pretty good profit. But the more interesting part of the story is I was actually the eighth investor at bat. So what does that mean? It means seven other real estate investors looked at this deal before me and passed on the deal. How's that possible? How could seven different real estate investors pass on a deal to make almost $300,000? How's that even possible? I'm going to tell you, it's not just possible, it's actually typical. So let me tell you the rest of the story. First investor walks in this house and he says, I'd love to buy your house, but your house is underwater. You owe more money than the house is worth. You can't even afford to sell me your house. Second investor walks in this house and says, I'd love to buy your house, but you're in bankruptcy. I can't buy a house from somebody in bankruptcy. Third investor walks into this house and says, well, I can help you avoid a foreclosure by doing something called a short sale, but I can't do that while you're in bankruptcy. Plus, you have a mid-construction project here. I, I just don't do mid-construction projects. I walked into this house and I said, my, oh my, oh my, you have a lot of big problems here, don't you? Big problem means what? Big opportunity. You know, it took one, two, three different strategies to solve this guy's problem. I solved the problem. I got the check. My competition, on the other hand, was a bunch of one-trick ponies. Most of my competitors are a bunch of one-trick ponies. 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there teach people how to be one-trick ponies. One-trick ponies are annoying. They get in the way at times, but they don't last long. Guys, if you think you're going to find pretty houses at big discounts just waiting for you, hanging off of trees. Yeah, you're smoking crack. Okay, this is what opportunity looks like. A big bundle of problems with a nice pretty bow around it. I want a house where half the house burned down. I want a house where a meth lab exploded in the garage. I want a house that flooded. I want a house that has mold. I want a house where someone was murdered in the living room. Oh, man, you can make a killing on a murder house. I own one. How do you make a killing on a murder house? More common than you think. Okay, let me give you a tip. What do you think it costs to buy a murder house? 20 cents on the dollar. You know what everybody says when they walk by that house? They point at that house say, that's a murder house. And a year later, everybody walking by that house, they point at that house, something bad happened in there. Right? Two years later, they walk by that house, and somewhere around here, something bad happened. Five years later, they walk by that house, and what do they say? How much? Yeah, stigma. There's all kinds of stigmas, and guess what happens to stigmas? They go away. That's what happens. Somebody gets shot in a bar, it's a crime scene. A few years later, it's a tourist attraction. And there's all kinds of stigmas. Bought a house in Austin for 80 grand, it's now worth 420. Right? The stigma went away. 
They just rent it out cheap until the stigma went away, right? But the, the point of all this is that problems are opportunities, and big problems are big opportunities. Most people run from the problems, right? Investors run at the problems, you know, and acquire the specialized skills to be able to help people solve problems. So I'll tell you another story. One of my students recently bought one of those $150,000 Teslas, and he paid cash for it. And he calls it his air car, air car. H-E-I-R, air car. Yeah, somebody died without a will. Do you know that two out of three people don't have a will? But they did have 42 heirs. And everybody said, no way, man, there's no way on God's green earth you're going to get 42 people to agree on something, big problem. Well, he rolled up his sleeves. And it took a little effort, but eventually got 42 people to agree that a little bit of something is worth a whole lot than a whole lot of nothing. Right, now he's driving around in a $150,000 air car. Takeaway, problems are opportunities. Big problems, big opportunities. So we use marketing to find the problems. We get the people with problems to find us, and then we use strategy to solve the problems. So let me teach you a little strategy. We're going to wrap up pretty soon, but I have time to teach you a couple. And the first strategy I'm going to teach you tonight is wholesaling. Easiest one to teach, might as well teach you right now. How does this work? It's actually pretty simple. You just find a property and get it under contract. How much money does it cost to get a property under contract? Nothing. Can we all afford that? I think so. When you get it under contract, you have what's called an equitable interest in the property. You can now sell your interest. You can actually sell the contract itself to another investor for a fee. How much is the fee? Well, five hundred to five thousand for a small deal, ten to twenty-five thousand on an average deal, twenty-five thousand dollars or more in a big deal. And this, my friends, is a no money and no risk strategy. I've discovered it's really hard to lose money when you're not actually spending or investing any money. Nine of our strategies are exactly like that. So let me show you an example. I teach theory, but then I teach example. When you come to the workshop, I'm going to tell you about a hundred different stories which are all just stories about how one of you, right, somebody actually used what I taught, right, examples of the stories. It's, it's all theoretical until you see an example of how it actually works. So here's an example. This is Kimberly. She came to the workshop. She had to pay for it because we weren't doing a free promo, but she came to the workshop. And then she rolled up her sleeves. She got to work. And she told me about her first deal. This was her first deal. So her mom was visiting her from out of town. She's in the car with her mom, and her mom's like, Kim, where are we going? Oh, well, mom, we're going to get a house under contract. <gasps> what? Kim, are you crazy? What are you talking about? You just graduated from college. You don't have any money. You don't have any credit. You don't even have a job. What do you mean you're getting a house under contract? Don't worry, mom. I know what I'm doing. So Kim's mom watched Kim walk into this house and offer the seller 265000 cash for his house. And he signed a contract. Obviously, they talked on the phone ahead of time. Obviously, it was a motivated seller. Kim then took that contract and she posted it out to the network, this network. I told you before, multiple times a day, thousands and thousands of times over the last decade, the members of this community post their deals, offers, questions, resources, etc., back and forth across the network. So Kim posted this deal out to the network. And guess what? Several other members of the network wanted to buy that contract, that deal from Kim. So one of the other members of the RIA negotiated and paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. So Kim just sold her contract to another member of the RIA for $17,000. So now Kim is a believer. Well, actually, Kim was a believer. Now Kim's mom is a believer. 
So now what would Kim have done with the contract had nobody wanted to buy her contract? What would she have done with the contract? What would she have done? You guys remember what the option was? If nobody wanted it, yeah, she ripped it up, walked away. No harm, no foul, no penalty, no risk, right? But she didn't need to, did she? So who bought the contract? Another member of the network by the name of Tatiana. Let me tell you about Tatiana. I know her pretty well. Tatiana paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. It then became Tatiana's contract. Literally crossed Kim's name out where it said buyer, wrote her name, really her company's name in as the buyer. It became now her contract. Right? She then bought the property for $265,000 cash. She had the cash. She kept it for six months as a month-to-month rental. After the tenants moved out, she did a renovation, small addition, and then she sold it after owning it for 12 months, and she made nearly $100,000 of net profit. That she only had to pay long-term capital gains taxes, no income taxes. Do you think Tatiana was pretty happy that Kim found that deal for her? Of course, you bet. So let's do a poll of the audience, see what we got here. By a show of hands, how many of you are cash buyers? Raise your hand if you're a cash buyer. Wow. All right, let me ask you a different question. How much cash do you have to have to make a cash offer? Well, then, how much cash do you have to have to be a cash buyer? You don't have to have any cash to make a cash offer. You don't have to have any cash to be a cash buyer. You just need to know people with cash. So let me ask you guys another question. Does anybody here know somebody that you could call if you got a smoking hot deal to buy a property for a big discount for cash. Does anybody know such a person? For example, who? For example, who? Fairness and in fairness, there's hundreds of guys just like me out on that network that would be pleased as punch. Right? If you guys got out there, got some properties under contract, you don't want them yourself, pitch them back to the group. That's why we want you. That's why we need you. That's why we'll even train you on how to be educated and contributing members of this community but I can see I have my work cut out for me. So let me try this again. Some of these self-limiting beliefs. Let me try this again. By a show of hands, how many of you are cash buyers? Raise your hand if you're a cash buyer. Oh, fantastic. Love talking to a room full of cash buyers. And the network, think about it. The network instantly puts people with cash in connection with people with off-market deals. Instantly puts people with deals in connection with people with cash. So welcome again to the wholesale marketplace. Okay, one more strategy. This one is a bit more complicated and in my opinion, a bit more interesting. It is called buying a property subject to the mortgage. What does this mean? I am a nationally recognized expert at teaching this strategy. I might possibly be the national expert but I'm certainly a widely recognized expert who's literally taught tens of thousands of people how to do this, and now I'm gonna teach you how to do this. How does this actually work? How does real estate work? When somebody buys real estate, how does that work? They go to a title company and they sign a stack of documents. What are the documents? Most of the documents are disclaimers and disclosures. But there's two documents that get signed at the closing that actually make the closing happen. The two documents that make the closing happen are the deed and the note. The deed and the note. Notice these are two separate instruments, a deed and a note. Whosever name goes on the deed, that's who owns the property. Whosever name goes on the note, 
that's who's responsible for the mortgage. So there's a deed and a note, two separate documents. Now, normally it's the same guy on both. Guy buys a house, his name is on the deed, his name is on the note, he owns a house, and he's responsible for the mortgage. That's normal. He moves into the house. It's his house. All the rights, privileges, responsibilities, and benefits of home ownership, they all go to him. It's his house, right? Uh, and then at the end of the month, he gets a statement from Bank of America. Says you owe us $1,000 for your mortgage. He writes him a check for $1,000. Uh, bank's happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy. That's how it works. And then the guy goes on to get married. And, well, you know, Texas is a community property state. So after the guy gets married, the wife is added to the deed. Now, there's two names on the deed. Look at the tax records. There's two names, his and her. But his name is still the only name on the note. Just because somebody's taken on or off the deed, that does not affect the note. And then time goes on, and things don't work out, and they get a divorce. And in their situation, the wife gets the house in the divorce. So now something kind of interesting has happened. Now, her name is the only name left on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. So the question is, as long as he keeps sending a check every month to Bank of America, or she starts sending the bank a check every month, or a tenant, or a property manager, a neighbor, investor, friend, or family member, or somebody sends the bank a check every month, the question is, does the bank care who sent them the check? The answer is no. There's some dude over at the bank opening envelopes. He's like, oh, we got a check for the right amount. Came on time and it cleared. We're good. So if you're listening to my story so far, I just told you all a story about a spouse, about a person that was able to acquire real estate even with no money and with no credit. There it is, an example of how to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. So here's the really, really good part. You can all do exactly the same thing and you don't have to get married to do it because here's the deal. Anybody, anybody, any of you, anybody can go up to any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage, from any lender in any house at any time, and you can make them an offer. The offer any of you can make with any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage, from any lender in any house at any time is this. Here's the offer. I will make the payments going forward on your mortgage going forward. Uh, or I will find somebody to make the payments on your mortgage going forward. Uh, what's the catch? The catch is you simply have to hand the deed which is ownership of the property to me. It's called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. You can do this with any homeowner that has any loan, any mortgage from any lender in any house at any time. And the only person that has to agree to this transaction is the person whose name is on the deed, not the bank. The bank actually has no say in this transaction. It's actually federal laws that regulate this transaction. 1982 Garden St. Germain Act. Anybody can deed their house to anybody. Anybody can pay somebody else's mortgage if they want to. So if you're listening to me closely, here's what you just heard me say. You can buy any house in Texas from any homeowner in Texas that has any loan from any lender. You can buy that person's house at any time, and you can even buy that person's house even with no money and even with no credit by simply taking over the payment on their mortgage or even finding somebody else to take over the payment on their mortgage in exchange for them simply handing the deed which is ownership of the property to you. And once you learn how to buy real estate with no money, with no credit, then how many houses can you buy? All of them. It's a very scalable process. Look, when somebody's in financial distress, here's the thing. They got a house and they got a mortgage. Is their house the problem or is the mortgage the problem? 
Owning a house is never a problem. Being responsible for a mortgage, yeah, that can be a big problem. If you solve the big problem by taking over the payment or finding somebody to take over the payment in exchange for solving the big problem, you ask them to hand the deed, transfer the deed, which is ownership of the property you, while buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. So it's simply agreeing to pay a seller's mortgage in exchange for them handing their deed to you. And once somebody hands you their deed, guess what? You own it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can renovate it and retail sell it to somebody else. You can wrap it. You can assign it and keep it as a rental property. You can keep it as your own homestead. I've helped many of my friends here in Texas buy their very own homestead with this little or no money, no credit needed strategy. How much money can you make? Well, there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money once you learn how to buy real estate with no money, no credit. Small flip, at least $10,000. That's pretty much at the very lowest end of the scale. And this is yet another little or no money, little or no risk strategy. Let me walk you through an example of a deal. This is one of the $30 million worth of houses that I currently own here in Texas. And I said before, if I wanted to buy $30 million worth of houses traditionally, I mean, think about it. I'd have to put down 20% every time I bought a house. I'd have to be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire just to become a millionaire. Well, I wasn't a millionaire when I started investing in real estate, so how was I able to accumulate $30 million worth of houses? I had to learn a different way to accumulate houses. I had to learn to buy them even with little or no money and no credit. And that's exactly how I bought this house, subject to, as how I bought most of my rental properties. So let me tell you about this one. A woman owned this house worth $150,000. She owned 110000 on her mortgage, so this house has $40,000 of equity. She had the house rented out for $1,600 a month rent. The mortgage payment, including tax insurance, is $1,100 a month. So this house is generating about $500 a month of gross cash flow. Should have, could have, and it would have been a perfect rental property, except for one major problem. This woman had lost her job. She was continuing to collect the rent because she was actually living off of the rent, but she stopped paying the mortgage. Four days before the first Tuesday of the month, when the bank was going to foreclose on her, I knocked on her door. Hello, can I help you? I am here to help you. But what can you do? There's no time. They're going to foreclose on me. How can you help? They're going to foreclose on me. There's no time. How can you help? They're going to foreclose on me. What can you do? Here's what I can do. I can stop the foreclosure. I can reinstate your loan. I can catch up your mortgage payments. I can make your mortgage payments for you going forward. I can even repair all your credit. Well, that's amazing. What's the catch? You simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to me. And she said, deal. Why did she say deal? Because in four days, she's losing the house. That was a done deal. But she wasn't just going to lose the house. In addition to losing the house, she was going to get a little bonus to go along with it, a bonus called a foreclosure. And I'm going to tell you, just like I told her, you don't want a foreclosure. People think that a foreclosure is the end of the problem. No, it's the beginning of a 10-year nightmare that starts with the sheriff and his deputies dragging you and your family and all of your possessions to the curb in front of your friends and neighbors. It's 10 years of dealing with the IRS potentially garnishing your wages to collect on a 1099 that could be issued against you for up to the full value of the loan. It's 10 years of potentially having the lender file a deficiency judgment lawsuit against you for up to the full value of the home. It's 10 years of dealing with creditors calling you, hounding you day and night to collect on the judgment from the lawsuit. 
It's 10 years of not being able to buy another home, not being able to buy a car, not being able to get a credit card, not being able to open certain bank accounts or even rent certain apartments or even get certain jobs. In other words, it's a bullet to the head. And nobody wants all that. And I stopped all of that from happening to her. And she was thrilled. And the bank was thrilled. They didn't want the house back. They just wanted their money. So I gave them their money. And the tenants were thrilled. They didn't want to get kicked out of the house. They just wanted to keep renting the house. So I let them keep renting it for me. But mostly I was thrilled. Because for $4,500, which is what it cost me to reinstate that loan, I now own this beautiful $150,000 house. Came with a loan. Came with $40,000 of equity. All mine. Came with tenants. Paying me $16 a month rent. After I pay the bank $1,100, $500 goes back into my bank account. And if you think that's cool, my wife and I own $30 million worth of these properties. Some of them took small amounts of money like this. Most of them honestly took more money than this. But that being said, some of them took absolutely no money at all. So how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Okay. All right. We're all out of time. We're almost out of time. I'll finish. You want me to finish, I'll finish. Uh, I do love this deal. But I'll bet, I'll bet you don't understand really why I love this so much. Some of you are like, oh, you're making 500 a month. Yeah, that's not it. $500 is not going to affect my life or my lifestyle in the smallest degree. That's not it. What I love about this is by doing this over and over and over again, over the last 20 years, my wife and I were able to accumulate a portfolio of these houses that are now worth $30 million. In fact, just over the last three years, that portfolio went up in value by more than 30%. In other words, just over the last few years, my wife and I became more than $10 million richer from having done this thing over and over again, this thing that requires little or no money and no credit. That's what I love about this. This is the strategy that can allow anybody, regardless of money or credit, to become multi, multi, multi-millionaires. That's what I love about this. And when I realized the wealth potential of this strategy, I actually made one additional tweak to the strategy. I no longer, I no longer uh, buy these houses in my name. I no longer buy these houses in my company's name. Now when I buy these houses, I actually prefer to buy them in my IRA. How many of you were aware that you could do this transaction with your IRA? Yeah? Okay. For the rest of you, you know you can actually do this transaction with your IRA. In fact, one of the sponsors of the Texas RIAs, Quest Trust IRA, based right here in Texas, uh, will set it up so you can do it with your IRA. To come to the workshop, we'll set it up so you can do it in your IRA. So what happens when my IRA does this deal? Well... My IRA issues the $4,500 reinstatement fee to Bank of America, the bank. The title deed ownership of the property then transfers to my IRA. Every month, the property manager deposits $1,600 of rent into the IRA. And every month, the IRA issues a check back to the bank for $1,100, and $500 rolls back into the IRA. But that's not the good part. So then what's the good part? Over the next 25 years, this property will double in value and it'll double again. And even with very conservative appreciation rates, it'll almost double a third time. Something interesting happens to the loan on this property over the next 25 years. What happens to the loan? 
gets completely paid off by the tenants. Thank you very much, tenants. In other words, every time my IRA does this deal, my IRA ultimately ends up owning an asset worth about a million bucks that by then I own free and clear. And because my IRA, by the way, is also a Roth IRA, when I sell this asset in retirement, 100% of the proceeds are, yeah, you guessed it, tax-free. Did you all just see what I did? I just showed you how to turn a $4,500 IRA into $1 million tax-free doing one deal, one time. Helping a woman out of a horrible situation. Helping a bank not have to take a property back they didn't want back. Helping tenants stay in a property they wanted to stay in. All that, just doing it once. The average retired person at the age of 65 has a net worth of 62000 bucks. It's pathetic. If you just did this one deal, one time in your life, you'd be 25 times richer than the average retired person just doing this once. But I'll tell you something else I've observed. I've never seen somebody do this deal once. 95% of the people will never do this deal. And 100% of the people that do it once, then what do they do? And they do it again. And then what do they do? And they do it again and again and again. And about 20 years later, they're standing in front of a room full of people talking about all the times they did it. So one last time, how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Who wants to see, right? Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk you step by step how to find it, how to get it under contract, the exact words to say, which contract to use, which attorney and title company to close it at, how to go through all the operational steps. I'm going to walk you step by step by step through how to do all of that. But it's going to take me about three days, so we're going to have to finish at the workshop. And there we go. And we're not going to obviously just talk about one strategy, although that's pretty cool, you got to admit. We're also going to get into the 11 other strategies you're going to love just as much as that. The 65 marketing methods, I just taught you your first close. That was actually called the atomic bomb close. Those were literally the words I said to that woman before she literally handed me the deed. And think about that. I simply said, look, this will solve your problem, and here's how. She handed me a deed and said, thank you. I didn't even have to pay her money. It was a great house, came with a loan, came with equity, came with tenants. That's a close. So I'm going to teach you all the closes, how to access private money in our network, how to partner thousands, and I mean thousands, and I mean thousands of investors got started at this workshop, The Real Deal, Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. So to register, you get the starter kit. So let me tell you a little bit about the starter kit. Um, obviously, the starter kit includes the, the workshop. There's also a training program that you get. There's a Texas Money Resource Guide. And there's actually a business plan generator that's pretty cool. I invent stuff. This is another one of my inventions. Um, you take a little survey. Everybody's different. Some people want to do this full-time, part-time, active, passive, residential, commercial. Some people have more time. Some people have more money. You're all different. Some, some of you are just getting started. Some of you are already started. So when you register, you go through this little survey. You fill out these little multiple-choice questions, and you hit Enter it's going to spit out a personalized business plan for you, right? Based on your situation, what you're trying to do, this is what real estate can do for you. This should be your business plan to accomplish your goal, right? And then you come to the workshop, and I'll teach you how to actually implement the business plan. Uh, so that's part of it. And then, and then the last step of registering for the workshop, go all the way to the end, it's going to put you into the private moderated Facebook group. That's where you can interact with me and all the other members of the network to access deals, money, resources, et cetera. So make sure you go all the way to the end and then join the Facebook group. Uh, pick the location and date that works best for you. So let's do a little poll of the audience. 
Um, how many of you would like to attend live? Who would like to attend live? Okay, how many of you would like to attend online? Who wants to attend online? How many of you do not want to attend at all? Okay, well, that's good. So we're doing pretty well. Okay, so pick the location. I would recommend live over online, although, you know, if you can, I get it, or you can do a combination of the two. I promise we're going to have tables, so we're going to be spread out. You'll have a place to write. Do bring a notepad or a, uh, a, a tablet or something you can write on. You're going to fill up an entire notepad with notes. Come on time, ask questions, be interactive. Even if you attend online, turn on your camera, ask questions, be interactive. I tell everybody I'm not here to entertain you, I'm here to change your life. If you want to get entertained, I would suggest instead that you just watch a Netflix marathon all weekend because you could probably polish off five seasons in a, in a weekend, but if you want to get your life changed, uh, then show up on time, ask questions, interact. Uh, and um, the logistics is we're going to start every morning, uh, 8.30 to 9, we'll be doing Q&A and examples. 9 o'clock, I'm going to start talking. I'm going to be teaching it all myself. I'm going to go straight through personally until probably, I don't know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. I was 7.30 at night, 7, 8 o'clock at night. It depends on you. Uh, we're going to go late Friday, late Saturday, early Sunday. So it's going to be 24 hours spread out over three days. Uh, so we're going to do a lot uh, over those three days. Uh, I'm even going to do some property tours. I'm going to invite some people from past workshops to pop on, you know, walking through houses with their phone, talk about some of their deals. We call that experiential learning. I'm big on experiential learning. It's, it's not enough to just see theoretically how it works. You need to see real people with real deals, with real stories. That's where it becomes real, right? Theoretic is good, but, but real is, 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 is just better. And, and then you can ask questions and, and see how this works. Um, so that's basically the logistics, and uh, it's going to be, like I said, about 24 hours spread over three days. So uh, I will put the link up one last time at the end, but I do want to do a couple of other things before we do that, some little housekeeping. Um, some people ask me, and I'll take some questions too in a minute. Um, people ask me, <clears throat> can I get copies of your presentation? Yes, you can. Uh, we're online. Just look at our Texas RIAs. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, hundreds of videos, so go, go register and, and follow us and get copies of all of our materials. I think I covered everything that's in the starter kit, so I'm not going to do that. Some other questions, and I'll also take some questions from the audience. How much experience do I need to do this? 75% of the people that come to the workshop are rookies just getting started. 25% are experienced real estate investors, but they tend to come to learn some of the advanced strategies that only we teach. Uh, can I bring my significant other? Highly recommend that you do. Drag them by force if necessary. And the reason I say that is simple. Because sometimes I get people that come to a workshop and they're like, they learn how to do this and they go and find a house and then they run home and they're like, honey, we're buying a house. So what do you think honey's going to say? What are you, crazy? You know, you can't do that. I, trust me, it's going to be your, your spouse is going to be much more supportive if they actually watch this. Even if they're not interested, I'm going to make them interested. I can tell you story after story after story. You got, people had no interest in real estate, uh, and they end up their lives got transformed uh, from literally learning this stuff and doing this. And like Olivia is a pretty good example. I think she actually came to this event as on a date. She wasn't even interested in real estate. She was with somebody, and she was just kind of tagging along. 
And she came up to me at the end of the meeting. She's like, I'm, 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 this is not for me. I don't have a license. I don't have any money. I'm, I'm, let, me, let me get my act together and I'll come back. I said, no, right? You can do this without money. You don't need a license. In fact, the license is not going to help you. And it actually transformed her life. Uh, how do I know this is the real deal? My advice is don't ask me. Ask somebody who's done it already. And if you'd like, we actually invite everybody that comes to our training to give us feedback, handwritten feedback. And we scan every single feedback form and we post them on the internet for the whole world to see. And there's thousands and thousands of them. Why would I do that? Why would I post every feedback form for the whole world to see and post them all on the internet no matter what anybody writes on them? Go look for yourself. And I'll tell you what you're going to see. You're 99 out of 100 all says the same thing. Oh my God, this was literally a life-changing experience. Like literally. And you know who gives us the best feedback? is somebody who's been to one of these traveling circus road shows from some out-of-state guru. Uh, where do I get my tickets with the starter kit? If I want more help, the last step of registering will put you into the Facebook group. That's where you can interact with me and everybody else on an ongoing basis. So that's the deal. I'm going to put the link up one last time, and then I will take some questions from the audience. So I'm going to go ahead and you guys online, click on the link below. I'm going to stop the broadcast. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.